This is Mindset for Success with your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Each week, she will interview women entrepreneurs to explore the unconscious psychological struggles they faced as they build their businesses and how they overcame them. Here's your host, Leslie Knudsen. I'm so excited to invite my next guest today. Mary Claviers is the founder of Brief Transitions, the first to market mesh underwear for women after childbirth and surgeries. She leverages her 15 years of manufacturing at a Fortune 100 pharmaceutical company to grow her business. Mary has also founded the Transitions Collective, a platform that provides resources and connection for mom business owners. She specializes in teaching entrepreneurs how to work more effectively in their businesses using the Herman Brain Dominance Instrument. Welcome, Mary. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. So, Mary, you know, um, it takes a lot to be a successful female entrepreneur. And business acumen is key, but we rarely talk about the psychological issues and challenges that women can face to achieve that success. And I refer to those as the negative and sometimes persistent thoughts that create doubt and undermine success and can destroy decision-making and not to mention just an overall happiness and satisfaction level in life. So I wonder if I could ask you to start telling our our listeners a little bit about your entrepreneur journey and what pushed you to to become an entrepreneur when you did. Yes. So I I completely agree. There's so much that goes into it and it's, it's definitely a journey. So mine started, I was still in the corporate world and I had my first baby. So motherhood um, was a big, had a big impact for me. And after I went through that process and was recovering, I actually came up for the idea for brief transitions, which was because I ran out of these mesh underwear that they give you in the hospital and I didn't have more for my recovery at home. Mm -hmm. So it really made me think about, you know, why don't women have the products that they need postpartum? right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's a very frustrating place to be in. And that, you know, it just started as a, as something in my mind, uh, just that question, why, you know, why don't we have this? And I never really intended it for it, never really intended for it to be a business, not certainly not the business to the scale that it is today and leaving my corporate job for it and everything. But over time, as I explored it, And as I created the business, I found my purpose and my alignment shifting to be more in that space. And at Mm -hmm. the same time, my corporate job got more difficult and less aligned because it required a lot of travel and a lot of other things. So that kind of shift that started with the questions really got me started on this whole other path that I never Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. imagined. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. I can imagine leaving a successful 15-year corporate job with a steady income may have had some risk for you. And I wonder if you experienced this, and if so, how did you navigate yourself out of feeling this risk? Definitely. I felt risk. I felt just scared, right, and fear because I I was going, it's kind of like everything I worked for, you know, and I worked up this ladder and 
now I'm leaving it to make underwear. <laughs> you know, it seems very, <laughs> it seems like really, you know, a, a mindset because we're, we're taught so much about mindset and mindset and what success For sure. is. Right. So that had a big impact. And honestly, I didn't end up leaving until, until I really couldn't take it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back and it was, it was building up for so long, but in the end, I mean, I just had to, I was, I was feeling the stress. I was feeling, you know, sick from it and, and the worry and everything else. And I just said, okay, like this is not sustainable anymore for me or my family. And I, I do have an incredibly supportive husband, um, which was also a key part because even when I told him, you know, I think I'm going to leave, I can't really take it anymore. And he basically said, I don't know why you wouldn't leave because mm-hmm. it's, this is not you, you know? So having that support really helped me to, to make that leap. So you wouldn't be the first guest to talk about a medical difficulty while trying to make such a big decision or running a, uh, starting a new company. And I wonder sort of looking backwards, if you can look, talk a little bit about how come it took to you really struggling with all that you had on your plate, right? Mm-hmm. That um, it wasn't until you kind of had some sort of medical, I don't know, setback awakening that you were able to sort of say, I need to do something different. Yeah, it's it's a bit strange. I'm Looking back now, you know, I think it's more that I wasn't paying attention and listening to myself enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of kept adding because, I mean, there's so many layers to it, right? But there's the culture around the achievement. And I think especially for women, you know, doing all these things that we feel like we need to do or we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of kept piling up and piling up. And my job, the last position that I had before I left actually required a significant amount of travel. And at that point I had two young children at home, had my mm-hmm. second daughter and it just kind of, I don't, I don't know that there would have been another way around it, but I mm-hmm. looking back now from what I see about myself now and the boundaries that I have and how I've, it, it's something I'm always working on, of course, but just what I do now to take care of myself and to give myself time and really listening to myself and my inner voice. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of that had just been basically shut down, I think, for so many years. Shut down because you were doing what you thought was expected of you. Yeah. What you should do, I should say. Right, right. I think there's a lot of layers to that too, but definitely what I, what I thought I should do and just not in tune with myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Or really feeling like you had, as you say, the space to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you really had to step out of the corporate to be able to find space and then start to take care of yourself in a different way while you were setting up your own business. Right. Yeah. I've done a lot more work on that over the years. I didn't even see it as so significant then as I do now, but mm-hmm. it was definitely the For start sure. of it. So starting your own business completely out of a different um, area in which you were working for 15 years successfully before during the, um, you know, the, the development of your new business, have you ever experienced a moment and where you felt sort of inadequate or not up to the job of starting this new business? You know, we love to say in the literature, the imposter syndrome, but had, have you ever experienced that? And if so, 
what sort of things have you learned to do to overcome that that we can share with our listeners? Yes, I've definitely felt that many, many times. <laughs> and you would be the only one. Right. And I actually just hosted, because I, I run a community for mom business owners, and I just hosted a community and conversation around imposter syndrome last week. So oh, wow. the timing okay. is great um, because it's something that comes up with a lot of us. And I, I mean, for me, yes, I've had imposter syndrome definitely over the years, and I it it still comes up. Um, if I think about, I mean, for me, it's always, it's much easier to talk myself down than to talk myself up. Mm. And can you explain that a little bit, by the way? Yeah. So like tell myself negative things about myself versus Mm -hmm. positive things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so that I think really the, the more negative, when I find myself speaking to, to myself in a more negative way, Mm -hmm. it it breeds and it feeds that imposter syndrome even more. For sure. For sure. And is it, are you more aware of it now than you were working in corporate or it's about the same or you're just kinder and gentler to you? I'm definitely more aware of it now. I think it showed up. I'm, I know it showed up in corporate too, but I don't think to the extent that it does now that I'm on my own or that it has over the years that I've been on my own Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a different, challenge being out of corporate, like it, you feel like so much more is on the line for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it kind of was like a, a different perspective corporate. I mean, it feels like there's always some kind of net there of some sort, you know, safety net or something. I don't know, but, um, mm-hmm. for, but for myself, I definitely became more aware of it, but now I also do do things to, to kind of keep it, um, quiet, I guess, in Mm -hmm, my mind. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in terms of being able to find ways to keep things quiet, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say the early grind of the phase of setting up a new business are when things are overwhelming, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't feel overwhelming even after things are set up. Um, What strategies have you developed to help you overcome these difficult, overwhelming times? Yeah, I... I love that because you're right. There is a different grind in the beginning for sure. And I'm, I'm grateful that I'm kind of, I've been moving out of that phase. Um, (laughs) for me, for me, I love the five minute journal. So Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a journal that has a gratitude practice built in. Mm -hmm. So I, every morning I write three things that I'm grateful for, three things that would make the day great and positive affirmations to myself. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. literally takes five minutes. And then at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, it's a great That's a name. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I keep it right next to my bed. And then the, at the end of the day, there's a space to reflect on three things that went well for the day and one thing that you might change or, or do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that the times that I'm consistent with that, it's, I feel and I see the power throughout, throughout my days. So I really make it a point to do that. And it, it helps me to kind of stay grounded in, Mm -hmm. yeah, in having a gratitude practice, which I think is really important because it, it just gives you a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty concrete in five minutes. Yes, exactly. Right. (laughs) You can't say, oh, I don't have time. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, for some women, it's hard to ask for what they feel they deserve. Has this ever happened to you? And if so, 
what can you share was helpful in sort of overcoming that? Yes, that's definitely happened to me many times. (laughs) Another thing. (laughs) Right. Not surprising. Um, For me, it's really been in really small steps, recognizing it for myself. Um, I tend to, and I think this happens for a lot of women, tend to nurture and always want to help everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. which is great. There's nothing wrong with helping people, but it has to be, you still have to have certain things set up for yourself in terms of your own boundaries and your limits. And the more I recognized that and, and recognized when I was getting frustrated, um, because I didn't have the right boundaries in place, Mm -hmm. the more it built up also my feeling of worth, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And do you know why it built up your feelings of worth, the more boundaries you put down, just to kind of walk it out for our listeners? Definitely. Yes. I think there's a few things. I mean, going back to just everything layers on throughout the years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the, you know, what I've heard over the years are those things around achievement and praise Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. wanting everyone to like you and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. To undo that Mm -hmm. is a is a process and is a journey on its own. And mm-hmm. I think the, the more that I tried to undo that by setting up those boundaries, the more I felt more confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard a great, a, a friend and a mentor of mine said this recently. She said that um, your inner world is reflected in your outer world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that perspective for, for what I've been trying to do with, my own, yeah, self and worth and value. Mm-hmm. And really it has to start with me valuing myself so that other mm-hmm. people, you know, see that the same way. And, and also not setting yourself up to be overwhelmed. Not that we can ever yes. not to do that, but certainly the more you carve out space and ways not to take on more than maybe what's comfortable, then you set your boundaries, you do a better job for yourself, but also for those around you. Yes. I used to always bend over backwards. Like someone Mm -hmm. asked me something and it's like, how can I fit it in? Where can I put it in my schedule? Oh, this is the time you're free. Okay. I will do that. No problem. You know, and now I'm, I'm much more, you know, comfortable saying no or really stopping to think about it before I react so that I can Mm -hmm. make sure it's aligned for myself. Right. And whether you're making room on your schedule or concerned about payment, I mean, that's yep. all sort of in the same mailbox, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And have you been able to um, work on your deservedness of payment over your setting up your new business? Has that sort of taken on, I don't know, a more a less conflicted, more normal place for you? Yes, for sure. That was also slow over time. Again, with the helper nurture nurture within me, I wanted to do everything for free all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I kind of said like, well, I just want to help people and, you know, just this and just that. And really, I started to see that, one, I cannot continue that way. First, that's not a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and second, this this is my life's work and I'm getting more and more aligned with my purpose and I feel that, it, and I, and I'm investing in, you know, making things better and making contributions. So I needed to go through a shift of not 
doing everything for free all the time. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then, uh, you know, so started with like small amounts of payments to get used to, you know, just the exchange of mm-hmm. money and mm-hmm. services mm-hmm. and then eventually mm-hmm. grow it from there. Yeah. So I've definitely been through that too. It's great. Very helpful. Very, very helpful. Um, would you consider yourself someone who hasn't always fit in? And if so, did it lead ever to self-doubt in your decision-making or risk-taking? And which, what sort of work have you done around this? Um, yes, I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, you're so great with all your points because they're like, um, yes, I have definitely felt like I didn't fit in. I, I kind of felt like I was always on the perimeter of the friend groups, never mm-hmm. really like fully in one, like with school. I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go, but, but with, with school, for example, I felt like I was kind of just friends with everyone, but not mm-hmm. really set mm-hmm. in into one group of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it didn't, it didn't bother me so much because I felt like I liked having the variety and I see different things in different people and Mm -hmm. appreciate them Mm -hmm. different ways. It's, I'm sure it's part of why I run a community now too. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think it, it can be difficult because I was always, you know, working in those, with those different groups and kind of like, oh, where do I fit in? So Mm -hmm, a lot mm -hmm. of the people pleasing, I think it's, you know, pros and cons, right? Then I think the people pleasing comes from that too, really being with Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. of these different people and, and everything. So it, it's kind of a mix. I'm not, I'm not upset about it, but I see how it helps and kind of makes its own challenges. Well, it also means that you are confident being independent. Right. Which probably is a good mindset for being in a in your own business too, right? Because it's between you and you or you and your employees. But in any event, it kind of gives you the confidence to be on your own and make decisions and set up stuff. Yeah, that's true. And I've found more recently that where I'm aligned most with my purpose, because I'm super passionate about helping um, moms with, with finding their own way with their life and what they want to do and not having it not giving up their life because of kids or a spouse or, or anything else. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. freedom actually comes up a lot for me. So I'm really passionate about supporting women with finding their freedom or the ways mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. that align with them. And yeah, I think, I think it probably does really stem from me also being independent and not liking to be controlled. It also makes me think that part of the reason why you got out of I mean, sorry, part of the reason why it was hard for you to get out of corporate is you didn't have one of these jo- these communities that were able to kind of talk to you about moms setting up businesses. So you're doing also for others maybe that you needed earlier on in terms of making the transition into setting up your own business. Yes, 100%. I, I didn't have it and I felt a little crazed and a lot worried all the time. And, mm-hmm. and so I just ended up making that community of what I wish – what I wished I had, um, because really I, I needed it. And the Mm -hmm. the support from other people I think is, is critical, especially when you're on your own. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, um, it makes you a great candidate to set it up because you know exactly what's needed. It's not sort of like you've read a book and decided to follow through the A through whatever steps to do it. You know what I mean? True. You have, you have real emotional experience behind it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this. How has your upbringing made it harder or easier for you to master a mindset for success? Well, I'm the oldest of four. Mm-hmm. So with, without going into all of that, I do think there's like dynamics of, of birth order and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that always put me in a position where, you know, lots of other people around, but also being the oldest, probably more in that leadership, should mm-hmm. I choose that word mm-hmm. for it? For sure, responsible, um, yeah. Yeah, responsibility and everything. Um, so I do think that shaped, I do think that shaped a lot of me. And what I've kind of, what I've done over the years and how it's been reflected in even running communities and, mm-hmm. and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think you told me that your father was an entrepreneur. Is that right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. My father. And, yep. And my mother and, too now has her and own your business. Mother. And um, has that factored in, in your, your success in being an entrepreneur? You know, I'm sure it has because I saw that you don't, I mean, neither of my parents, uh, later in life, my mother did um, have a corporate corporate career that she was very successful in, um, which was also, that's also a great, you know, role model for me see, seeing that in corporate. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but I was also very comfortable around, you know, someone in my family having their own business. My, my dad has always had his own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He really, it's interesting because I think he, he wanted us, he wanted to see more for us than he had for himself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he always, his big thing that I always remember was that I don't care what you do as long as you try, like you have Mm -hmm. to, you have to try. So that kind of stuck with me as, okay, you know, well, I can always go back to corporate, but I feel like Mm -hmm. this is something I have to try. It also probably de-escalated failure for you too, I would guess. Yeah. yeah. Which is helpful, especially in, in starting up new businesses. Right. Yeah. And did, did you ever at the beginning worry about failing in terms of leaving corporate and going into your own business? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, I mean, probably every failure thought you could think I had <laughs> in some uh-huh. way okay. or form. <laughs> um, but, you know, then I eventually started telling myself, what's the worst that can happen? I, I go get another mm-hmm. corporate job. Okay. You know, but I mean, now I, I mean, I know I, at least for this time in my life, I won't say never say never to anything, but I don't plan on going to get another corporate job. So it's, yeah, I tried to just kind of deescalate it that way and think, okay, what in reality, what's the worst that can happen? And you kind of follow that thought process until you're like, okay, well, I know all of that isn't going to happen. So I can keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's new to setting up your own business. You didn't have that mindset in corporate. You know, I didn't, I didn't worry so much about it in corporate. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. Yeah. 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 Different, different stuff, but not that. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Do you consider yourself someone who thinks outside the box at times? And is this ever challenging or is it super useful or neutral? You know, I, I don't usually, I used to really tell myself, oh, I'm not so creative and I don't really have so many ideas, but, uh, at least not for myself. I have a lot of ideas for, for other people, but, um, I more recently recognized that that's, 
not true. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. just, um, a thought that I've been thinking. And I mean, all of the different things that I've done over these last few years, I'm really, I mean, proves that I do have ideas now, whether they're considered out of the box or not, you know, I, I mean, if you look at like other types of ideas, like Tesla or something, I don't know. I'm just thinking of a random example, (laughs) you know, that seems much more to me. That's more like extreme out of the box. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do like to think that I am open to, and the way that I consume information and kind of look at things, I, I look at all angles and all aspects that it leads to, to different ideas and different possibilities. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not scary, right? No, no. What's scarier to me is like staying exactly the same for the rest mm. of my life. Mm. And that's always been like that? Or this is new to setting up your own business? That I've always had because even in corporate, every couple of years, I stayed with, with one company for the majority of my career, but I was m- always moving into new things. Um, I even like I, I asked to do an assignment. I eventually, like I moved to Belgium and lived in Belgium for two years because Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do something different and I wanted Mm -hmm. to learn and grow. And so I've always had that in me, like the, that, that I needed change of some sort Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I would be feeling bored and like stagnant where I was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Has sometimes that been too much, um, effort on your part or, it's part of just being able to pull off the successes that you have by being interested in having new, new options. I think if, when I'm not too aware, I can definitely, I could get carried away. I mean, even now I have like a couple of businesses, you know, so people say like, Oh, start one thing, do very well with it before you do mm-hmm, something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've always been someone to, to not really go that way, but I, I don't think that it's, I still have some level headedness to me that I don't let it get out of control. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this, thinking back on how you started your business and looking forward in terms of, um, knowing what, it, what it takes to start a business, what do you think having good founder DNA is and how would you evaluate someone having this? I think one of the most important thing is one of the most important things is to, to be willing to do something. Um, probably what I see the most is, is when people just, they want to do something, but they, they don't have the follow through portion. Mm -hmm. And I think the follow through is super important because even, even if it doesn't work, even if, you know, you're like, Oh, that, you know, that definitely did not work. I wouldn't do that again. At least you did something and you learned that it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think founders really, need to have that ability and the, the capability to, to, to have that follow through because otherwise that that's, that's what separates the people. And you hear it all the time. Like I went to NPR's how I built the summit and, and I heard all these amazing speakers on stage, including my favorite Sarah Blakely. And they all say like, there's nothing, there's nothing different about me. And while I do think there are differences with them. They, one of the things is always that they're willing to just take the next step and do the next thing. And I've felt that for myself too, you know? Um, I think you, I'm going to have to stop, believe it or not. I want to thank you so much for sharing with our listeners today, your motivation for why you chose to be a female entrepreneur. Where can people reach out to you to learn more about your work? 
Sure. They can find me um, online on Instagram. I'm at the Transitions Collective. Um, and they can go to, to maryclavier.com to find out more just about me and it'll take them to my different sites. And I do also have a, a workbook that I can share if you'd like with your guests um, yeah. and send a link to you for okay, kind of great. how they're running their business. And yeah. That would be really super helpful. Thank you so much, Mary. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, Leslie. This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global, the first startup studio and digital DIY startup platform for women. For more information on her guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. We believe in open and non-stigmatizing dialogue about the hidden psychological difficulties experienced by many successful entrepreneurs and highlighting the strategies used to overcome them, such as the fear of failure, of not being good enough, and that loud, chattering internal critic is critical to helping other founders achieve success. Please join her next week for more Mindset for Success stories. That was Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and you can drop her a line at dr.lesliekanudsen at dr.lesliekanudsen.com.